Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going back to Mark chapter 4. I've been here. This will be the third week. Y'all like, are you ever going to get away from this? Talk to God about it and leave me alone, all right? I love you. I want to speak to you today. This is going to be different. Usually the preaching side of me comes out and it may today. I don't know. I leave all that to the Lord. I really do. But I want to speak to you today. My heart and my intent is to speak to you as a fellow traveler and to share some common things that the Holy Spirit has shown me. This Mark chapter 4 is much deeper than what I've preached in times past. I shared with you last week that I've preached this passage probably more than any other that I've ever preached. I preach it here. I preach it there. I preach it at funerals. Why? Because it preaches to me. It's familiar, but not so familiar that I got used to it. Verse 35, Mark chapter 4 and verse 35 said, In the same day, when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the little ship, and those, and there was also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship, or the boat, and he was asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? King James said it that way. I'd say it this way. Jesus, we fix and die. What are you going to do about it? Don't you care? And he arose. Say, he arose. arose. Say, he rebuked the wind. And he said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was this great calm. And he said unto them, this will be about three questions today, actually two. But he says unto them, I want you to get it. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's what King James says. My version said, dude, what are we dealing with here? (laughs) Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, I, I read those lines that are in black ink, and then I see those lines that are in red ink that have forever transformed and are transforming my mind and my mission. That, oh God, today, let every ear be attentive, every soul receptive to your word. 
I pray today, God, as I stand before your people, and more importantly, as I stand before you, let me deliver your word and not mine. Let me speak with clarity in such a way, God, that it will not be confused in any way as it comes forward. I pray today, God, that this word will be, be sown into good ground. Some 30, some 60, but God, even more, a hundredfold. That God will take this vision and this word and will run with it. And we'll declare your name. <laughs> we love you. We praise you. We thank you. All your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said hallelujah. You can be seated. You're dealing with two types of fear here. We're dealing with the fear of going down. If you remember last week, give me just just grant me a little grace here. Last week we talked about: Are we going to go on? Are we going to go back? Are we going to go down? When the storm is so bad and you can't see your way back, you can't see the way back to where your faith was strong. You can't see your way back to the yesterday's revival. When the storms get that way, the, the enemy wants to obstruct in any way that he can to keep you from seeing that. And when the storm's real bad, he'll get you to where you can't even see the other side. And if you remember, instead of destiny, he wants to give you a new word, destiny. Okay? Amy, remind me to write that down in my book. Destiny. I don't have a lift. Destiny. And the thing is, what he gripped them was the fear. Can't go back. I can't go on. And then what come naturally was we're going down, that this is it. This is where it stops. It's finished. It's over. And fear now, what didn't just flood the boat, began to flood their mind. And when it floods your mind, it'll flood your mission. Do you hear me? This is what happens. I believe this was an intentional storm by the enemy. I believe that this storm being something of a different kind, more of a suddenly kind, I believe that even the plates underneath the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Genesaret here, that I believe that even the, the plates underneath could have shifted and it could have caused what could have even been a small tsunami there in the air. We know that Scripture tells us he's the prince, the power of the air. I said he's the prince, the power of the air. But how many of you know that princes have to kneel to kings? When you begin to look at this, and, and I begin to look at this, uh, the, there's these three questions, and, and, and they're this. Two are by him, and one are by them. And really, he answers. He does it masterfully like he usually does. He, he does this. He'll pose a question, and then he'll answer his question with another question. And if we read into this, I said, well, there's three questions here, God. I want to answer it. Holy Ghost said, there's really just two. He said, why are you so fearful? And then he answers it, how? How is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? It's because you have no faith. Now, last week we talked about misplacing our faith, that we put more faith in our storm. We place more faith in going down than we do getting up. And faith, everybody, I, I, I want to share this again, that even the, the greatest of agnostics, the greatest of atheists, the greatest of intellectual minds, they'll tell you that they don't have faith. Can I tell you they have faith and no faith? They'll put all of their faith in there. And when you and I begin to look at this, we can see that there's something going on. And he says, why are you so fearful? Then he answers, because you don't have any faith. Now this, Eric, if you could, or whoever's back there at the helm, does your faith look like this? Could you put that up? Is this your faith? Come here, Stephen, you're going to work great. You can come up here. 
Say, I'm your worst nightmare. I'm your worst nightmare. I'm your fear. I'm your fear. Stay right here. Oh. What are you afraid of? Can't you see? Fear over faith. And when fear is big enough, it will cast a shadow even when it... And this is where so many are. Your fear is greater than your faith. Well, hold on a minute. See, I believe when we can find origin, that's what I look for. I, I don't look for prescription necessarily. I don't look for, for regiment of, of, of care. I want to know origin. Listen, I've got a cough. Where'd that cough come from? Somebody's like, I don't know. I got a cough. I'm this happening and that's happening. No, you got a cough because you've been around a lot of dust. Before you set yourself up and you've already got stage four stupid. And you've already got your mind. And now fear is a runaway train. And instead of your woo-hoo, it's woo-woo and it's coming. But then the origin. Where did this come from? God has not given me the spirit of fear. Please visualize. Now you have faith over fear. That wasn't enough. The Word of God said He would bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Say, I don't walk in fear. I walk on fear. Somebody shout, it's under my feet. Thank you, brother. Come on. I just kidding when I hit you. Would you please get this visual because there's so much in this passage. Because no quicker than you get to your car, no quicker than you get home, fear is there. I need to share this with you as a side note. I've been really, you know, I'm looking at the parable of the soils, right? And so the word in that first piece said the word is sown, the word is sown, and then the enemy comes so quick and he snatches that, right? He snatches the word. How many of you are going to have faith over fear? If you are, give him some praise. That's a weak hallelujah, but I'll take it. Here's what I, how many of y'all going to put your faith over your fear? Amen. Now stay with me. What happens then? You got it. You received it. You're getting this word. So then why don't I get it? And where does it go, Jenny, when I get outside? It's because of this. The enemy is just like a vulture. No quicker than you get out here in this parking lot. He's even over the top of this church waiting to see who didn't... 
and you didn't cover your seed. You didn't cover your seed in prayer. You didn't. I had faith Sunday. I had, man, I said, I had faith Sunday. I had it. And then what happens? You get out here and that old vulture, that old hellish, that old hellish thing that he is, he's waiting there to grab up that seed no quicker than you get to the car. Because you didn't cover it in prayer. I don't need to go long. I'm not all about, listen, don't take this the wrong way. But I'm telling you right now, there is something about covering. Cover that seed in prayer, Kathy. Cover that seed in praise. Pastor, what does that sound like? Lord, I believe through the power of your word. And listen, not just that Brother Wayne said it, but I'm reading it. That God, you are my origin. You did not give me the spirit of fear, but you've given me the power of Where did it go? Cover it up. Cover it up. Cover it up in prayer. Cover it up in praise. Hell's coming against me. Hold on just a minute. You can't have that seed of hope that I got last Sunday. That's going to grow into a harvest. That harvest isn't just for me. My children are going to have this hope. My grandchildren... Lishfield's going to get this hope. Grayson County is going to have this hope. This region's going to. Potter's hope, you've been covered in prayer for the past 14 or 15 days. I know, Pastor, we got six or seven. It doesn't stop there. It never stops. Keep covering the promise in prayer and in praise and tell hell this seed is too precious. Family's too precious. My promise is too precious. My my destiny is too precious. Which one? You don't get this, you won't get the rest. The word fearful is the word in in the Strong's is delios. Now, usually when we think of fearful, we'll think of it in a different way. We can think of it in awe, and I like to teach that probably on that Wednesday. Unless the Lord changes something, different types of fear. But this is delios, and this means it's found only three times. This word is found only three times. This word fearful found only three times in Scripture. Two are in Matthew and Mark in reference to this passage of Scripture here that I have. And then the next one, the last one, is in Revelation chapter 21, verses 5 and 6. I'll read, and on through 8, I'll start at 6. And he said unto me, it is done. This is Jesus speaking. He said, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega. Turn to somebody and say, he's my beginning and my end. And my beginning again. He said, I'll give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. The third time that you see the word fearful used is in Revelation 28. This speaks to the millennial kingdom. It speaks to the end times. But in Revelation 28, it speaks of that heavenly kingdom. But the word says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolater and all liars. Say all liars. What? All liars. 
shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You've heard it said before. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. You're like, what's that mean? You're born in the natural once, you die, you're dead, you're going to hell. Pastor, that's pretty abrupt. Yes, it is. But it's true. You must be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh. You got an expiration date here. But in Him, you're going to live forever in Jesus' name. You'll live forever somewhere. But when you're born twice, when you're born again, you're only going to die once. You go to hell, you're going to die every day. I'm not going to stay there alone. But look, look at what accompanies this in Scripture. But the fearful, unbelieving, abominable, murderous, hormones. You look at all these like, what? I don't want to be in that fearful. But he says fearful. And here it is. I don't want to be caught up in that. So what does the word fearful mean? Delios means timid. What? So when he uses this term here, here they are. And he's saying, why are you so fearful? Why are you so timid? And the word also says dread. How much dread do we pack in here on a Sunday morning and having the opportunity to lay it down, but we go back out and we have the same dread. Can I tell you, let's get rid of dread. Pastor, you know what that is. How many of y'all enjoy cleaning house? If you raise, you're crazy. You dread. But what had happened is that they started to dread Stephen and they were timid. And he just said, why are you dreading? Why are you so timid? And what he's beginning to show them is that, listen, I am not just in the boat. I am in you. It's a shift. He's trying to get them to get it. How is it? How is it that you have no faith? If I could paraphrase, he's saying... You know what, probably at this point we've turned water into wine. The first miracle. Have, have you not seen? Have you not seen the way I've cast out devils? Have, how is it that you have no faith? Now, granted, I don't think it was a piddly storm. I think it was storming. I do. So here, what happened to him? And this is what happens to us. I think what happens is that we get captivated. Say captivated. If you're a note taker, write this down. Captivation leads to domination. Now I'm going to show you in Scripture. So Moses, in Exodus chapter 3, saw a burning bush, and yet it was not consumed. Yes? What did it do? Uh oh I'm looking back. And it, it captivates him, right? What? It captivates him. Well, what captivated him would begin to dominate him, would begin, if you will, I'm going to say it loosely, Bill, but control him, lead him, guide him through his next 40 years. That's in a positive light. So what about Zacchaeus? What about Bartimaeus? It doesn't just have to come with eyesight. It can come with earsight. What's all the commotion? Bartimaeus, what's all the commotion? What's going on? Oh, that's Jesus. That's who? He's blind, he can't see it, but he hears it and he's captivated because somebody, that's Jesus. Hey, Jesus, thou son of David, could you come and preach revival? 
No. Could you have mercy on me? Be selfish enough today that if you need mercy, say, God, I need your mercy. And do anything it takes to stop Jesus. How can this happen? How does this happen? This is it. Captivation will lead to domination. What happened? They were captivated by the storm. I'm going to show you how I captivate you. I took a $100 bill out of my pocket. And I said, the first one to raise their hand gets disqualified. You buzzed in too quick, Whitney. They would kick you out of jeopardy. So stay with me. If I said I've got, now do you, look where every eye is. I just captivated you. By saying if I had a hundred dollar bill. All right, let's just do it. On the count of three, the first hand that I see. We'll get this. You're going to get this. One, two, three. TJ. You really wouldn't first, but I love you. You're older and you're slower, but I'm going to give it to you. Just teasing. Come here, TJ. Give TJ a hand. It's my message. When you're preaching, you do it your way. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. So are you a little bit, what's in your hand? $5 gold. Turn to somebody and say, I believe Brother Wayne's a cheapskate. <laughs> Let me show you something. This is how the enemy gets you. Did I ever say, in my hand, I have a $100 bill? Thank you. What does hell do? Hell will hold up a five, but you think it's something greater. Can I preach this? Oh, your marriage would never be like this if you were married to her. He would never treat you like... And that's what hell does. You form it in the way you want to form it, but that's what hell will do. It won't show you what it really is until you get closer, and then you'll see that the devil's a liar. Guess what? That one you're looking over the fence at, she crazy. <laughs> and by the way, if you're the one over the fence and you're blinking, he's crazy. But what the enemy wants you to do, you're not listening. Genesis chapter 3, 
Did God really? Give PJ a hand. Like I knew he wasn't going to pull out a hunter. I have a $100 bill on my hand. Everybody's like, oh, boy, now I'm ready. Woo! You're captivated again. He's got a hundred now. I'm ready. What if Jesus said, I'm not going to give that to you now. But I want you to see that I hold it all. Because he that endures until the shall be. Give it to me now. The kingdom of God is within you, okay? And I I don't want to mix words here, but what I've got to tell you is that there is so much more than what you see here. But I will tell you this. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to experience some heaven. You can experience some joy today. You can experience God's love today. You don't have to. I can't wait till I get to heaven. Listen, surely you will. You're going to walk on streets of gold, but why don't you start walking on the head of the enemy and the... took that from you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're like, oh, wow. Beware. Why? Because the path of fear, the path of fear is from captivation to domination. Do you see what happens is this, that if he can captivate you, he wants to dominate you. What am I talking about? Listen, when John said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, it wasn't that everybody believed it, but it pricked their ear to the Jew. They're like, wait a minute. What do you mean the Lamb of God? What do you mean? We know what lambs are about. We understand sacrifice. We understand this. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Yada, 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 preacher. But what if I told you that he could take away an adulterous lifestyle. What if I told you he could give you peace in place of that despair? What if I told you that he could erase your sin through the power of his mighty blood and set your feet on the path of righteousness and holiness? What if I told you he could change? Can I tell you? I'm just not going to tell you. I believe it and I'm going to keep on preaching it. And what happens is this, is that all of these things, the enemy will lay his nets, his snares, his schemes that lead to schisms. And a captive audience. On your internet, how many of you know what an algorithm is? You've heard me talk about it lately. An algorithm is that which is mathematical. And watch me mess this up. I'm not going to try. So an algorithm is really this. An algorithm is that you get started watching one thing, for instance, how to build a fence. And then the next video that comes up, isn't it amazing that when you see that, how to build a fence, how to do it right, how to do it this. But if you'll follow the algorithm far enough, you'll get so far away from fence building. You go down a rabbit hole deep enough, and you'll follow the algorithm and you will miss the almighty captivation 
Let me talk to the men in this room, how to build a fence. All right, there's two old farmers out there doing this. Two old farmers are out there sweating, they're doing this. And then she's out there building fence. It is deathly quiet right now. Listen to me. You put the shorts on her. I'm preaching. And before you know it, captivation has now dominating, is now domination has come, and now you are chained. Click. Click. It's the enemy. Captivation will lead to domination. Because if he can get you to look, he'll get you to lust. If he can get you to lust, he'll get you to leave. I preach progression all the time because that's what the enemy does. He won't start with you seeing you away from your family and your kids crying for you. He'll s- you see what the enemy does is that what he'll do, he'll present to you drinking the beer, having the fun at the, at the NASCAR race or wherever, and no offense to NASCAR, he'll have you doing this, whether it's the football, he'll have you doing that, he'll have you doing all that, but what he won't show you is the car wreck. That looks like a good time. Sorry, y'all, I can't quit from being that dude I am. He won't show you that. Hallelujah. Here I was trying to be a fellow traveler. Y'all pray for me. The enemy disguises, he is absolutely, the words that he sets up even, if you will, as an angel in disguise. That looks like a good time. That looks like something good. Throwing up next to your toilet the next morning, heaving your guts out. How much fun is that? Let me move on. The captive audience. Captivation. Captivation will lead to domination. <laughs> Trying to take my money. I remember I remember giving it to you. You see this, but how many of you still see him? This is the enemy 101. You can't have your eyes on two prizes. You walk up in there. You walk up in there. Get away from me. Now, if I tried to preach and continue to preach, and he's still up there, I may have, some of you might. But he's still there. This is what happens, Kathy. 
And we wonder, why isn't God moving? Heather, I'll give you my notes, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. I love that guy. Do you see what I'm talking about? Captivation will lead to domination. As simple as this is, the fear had captivated them and it's going to captivate them because they, they in their mind they're thinking that they're going to be capsized. I need to give you this. Say attention span. Jake, you did a masterful job here a while back of talking about our attention span. I'm going to do it again. Amy, you got your phone? Somebody got their phone here close. Why? How many of you think your attention span is about 30 seconds? Wrong. It's three to five. Am I right, Jake, from the studies you found? This is, this is the gospel according to Jacob. <laughs> he brought this point up. And listen, I want to get to this quick. I just seen what time it is. <laughs> so, why three to five seconds? Facebook. Oh, that's a good picture. Oh, don't like them. <laughs> what? No way. Three to five seconds because of this. Now here's the thing. It captivates you for three to five seconds. Still talking about attention span. Mike, I'm on something. But you know you are dominated today by this as a whole. I like what? I don't know if it's Furtick or who said. Said when that buzzer, you know, like when your ringer's turned off and it buzzes, said it's like a shock collar for most people. That's spot on. <laughs> Say attention span. Here's the deal. Today, I've got your attention for just a moment. The Lord has your attention for just a moment. This is what I'm getting, and what I want to get to. But see, there's something else that the Holy Spirit showed me. It's not attention span. How many of you, when you leave here, you're going to take some joy with you? I'm going to take me some joy today. Fifteen. So, I'm going to take the good stuff with me. Now, I'm not just going to, you know what? I'll have an intention to share that. We'll leave here today and we'll think, boy, such a spirit of God in the house. I'm going straight to hell. I'm going to fight it with a squirt gun and I'm going to win and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you're going to conquer every demon in hell and you're going to do all of this and you're going to, yes! And you get home and you go, and what happened it's not about your attention span because I have you here, but he has you there. Attention span, and if you could, intention span. Because you can have all the right intentions, but if it's... And you leave here and for a day you serve the Lord. I see it. That's not being a Christian. Attention span... It's tied to intention span. How many of you are born again? He saved you. He set you free. How many of you believe you're going to heaven when you die? Then what are you going to do from here to there? You've got to have an intention span. What do you intend to do? Well, keep coming to church. It's great. You're coming to something that you don't even know what we are. 
We are a body of believers inspired by the Holy Ghost, built by the Word of God, trusting in the authority of the blood of Jesus to reach people outside of this place for His glory and for His purpose. It's not going to change. I've got to hurry. Intention span. Boy, I intend to do this. I intend to do that. I, I do. And it lasts about as long as you can get to the car. Dominating. It's when something begins to control, consume. And the danger of domination is this to the Christian. I've got to hurry. 1 Corinthians 9.22. You say, well, Pastor, wait a minute. If we're Christians, to be dominated, what do you mean? 1 Corinthians 9.22. To the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all men save some. Have I got anybody that's had a rough, a rough day or two lately? Would you just raise your hand? Come here, JJ. Have a seat. So you're saying you had a rough day or a rough day or two, maybe not a strong weakling. Listen to me, Christian, as preachers. To the weak became I as weak. What do you mean you had a rough day? You're a born-again Christian. What do you mean you had this? What do you mean? To the weak became I as the weak. Me and him are sitting down here together, and if I begin to ask him, tell me what's going on. And the Lord would begin to show me. And we would share in weakness and find that that's where our strength is. To the weak I became as weak in hopes that I may save some. So in hopes that I would be able to draw people. So in hopes that I would be able to do that. So it's not coming in saying, hey, this or that and all those things. It's not that. But this is the domination. Stay with me. It's the danger of this. So when you think about Paul, he knew it all too well. And if we're not careful, what will happen within our Christian perspective is that we'll be dominated by certain things. For instance, you all know I'm all about seeing some souls saved. I want to see people discipled, right? Some of you know I've had these titles put on my life. He's this, he's that. Just thankful I'm free, right? But what you'll see if you're not careful is that what will begin to dominate even within the church, some people will say it's all about signs, miracles, and wonders. And the perspective will be right here. You're not becoming all things to... Now, before you jump off this glory train, I believe in signs, miracles, and wonders. Why? Because the Word said. Some people say it's just all about getting people saved. Then that's all their perspective. That's not the church as a whole, Alicia. Some people say, oh, I wish you'd talk more about end times. Brother Wayne needs to be more pathetic, I mean prophetic. Look, it's about all of it coming together. But if we'll be captivated by one thing and dominated by one thing, then we'll miss the other. I'll miss J.J. 
I'll tell you what, I've had so many people over the past two or three years. I love people. You all know that. I love people. But what happens if I don't preach into your wheelhouse? If I, if, 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 and by the way, I want you all to take this up with the king. I love you. Somebody said, why don't you preach more on this and on that? Can I tell you something? I think if you look back over the past two or three years, you would find a lot of prophetic tone in anything and everything that God has laid on my heart. I'm not here to justify that. What I'm saying is this, is that people say, well, if he would do this, you know what? He needs to preach against the Democrats. He needs to preach against the Republicans. He needs to preach. He needs to pre- He'll preach on cheesecake, but he won't preach on carrot cake. <laughs> I love carrot cake. Believe in that church. Crazy. And you're dominated by one thing. Turn to somebody and say, that ain't in my wheelhouse. Stephen, you're a banker, is that correct? So if we were talking about banking, if I were going to say, hey, tell me about this, tell me about that, tell me how this works, tell me how this interest works, you could tell me probably all about that, right? You like to fish? You like to hunt? Wait a minute, you like to fish, yes or no? Yes. You like to hunt? Is Stephen my brother? But he don't like to hunt. Praise team come. <laughs> do you see this is the way we do things? That's not really in my wheelhouse. Tell me about I was kidding, Mike. <laughs> Mike was ready to go. But boy, we talk about fishing. Where are they biting? They biting it evenly? Where are they biting? What are, they, what are you catching them on, right? Did you have it? Here's what I got to tell you. Say, it's not about your wheelhouse. It's not about my wheelhouse. It's about his house. Now give God some praise. You see, this is what it's about. You see, if you get dominated by one thing, Jesus didn't just come to heal, did he? He didn't just come to deliver, did he? He didn't just... He didn't just come to save. He brought the whole shebang. He brought it all in hopes that we may be all and everything to those people around us. Amy used to enjoy shopping a lot more than she does now. She loved a bargain. She said, you want to go with me shopping? She said, where are you going? Old Navy. I said, oh, no, we ain't. <laughs> Usually what I say, hey, baby, you going in there and do you some shopping. I'm going to sit out here in the car. Love to go with her. Stay with me. i got to get you through this, okay? Still talking about fear. Still talking about all these things. So do you see this? Here's what I'm going to tell you about signs, miracles, wonders, salvation, everything that is there. Please get this. And Eric, please put this on the screen. Can I tell you, Jesus heals people. Jesus delivers people. You don't. I don't. He does. He has entrusted us with the authority in the kingdom to carry on his work. And he said, greater works than these will you do. Say what? Yes. But listen, please write this down. I wrote this down. I believe it's straight from the Holy Spirit. See all of these things. See them as a means. Say means. See them as a means in ministry, but not the motive of ministry. 
See them as a means, a way to get there, a way to do that, but not my motive. I have power today through the means of the Holy Ghost of God. That's the means. But my motive was never to speak in tongues. You're like, whoa now. My Pentecostal people right now, you got to, come on, stay with me. Stay with me. Can I tell you? You get endued with power, you'll definitely speak differently. You can expect the power of the Holy Spirit to overtake you, to flood you, to fill you. You can expect groanings and utterings that you don't even understand when you don't know how to pray. You can expect all of it because the Word says it. Wow. Yes, I believe in all of it as a means, but it's not my motive. Praise team, will you come? i got to get done. Thank you. I'm just preaching my message today. I'm going to let them get up here. Break his new shirt in right and want to sweat. See them as a means, not a motive of ministry. What is it? It's the means. I like this, Amy. It's the means of reconciling sinful man back to a holy God. Why miracles? Why signs? Why wonders? It's about the soul. It's about deliverance. It's about his word not just being preached, being shown. It's about love being seen, being shown, not in word, but in deed. It's the power of Almighty God transforming a life, rebuilding a marriage, bringing a child to the Lord that's been gone, raising people up out of the pig pen, getting people to sing in the middle of the night when shackles are all around them. This gospel is not... It wasn't just for then. It's for now... And if I'm here tomorrow and you're here tomorrow, it'll be there for tomorrow too. Praise God. Almost done. Thank you, Jesus. How is it that you have no faith? How is it that you have no faith? Watch this. I was speaking to a, a believer this week, and we were talking, and actually she didn't know, but someone had shared. They'd went to church with them several years back, and God had moved in a mighty way in their life. And he said, I remember their mom and dad. Boy, that young lady was raised in church. She was raised the right way. How many of you were raised in church? How many of you had a... How many of you it was bred into you that, hey, we're going to church? Don't be ashamed of it. How many of you are like, I wouldn't raise that way? Raise your hand. Man, for those that have raised your hand, those of you that are undecided, you need to get to Jesus. <laughs> Too much of that. Please stay with me. You see, I want to talk about spiritual, real quick, spiritual genetics. I want to talk about what's bred into us. Because it's important. 
And me and Larry Darcy have talked about this at different times. We've talked about people. He was a teacher for years, and he talked about children. Sometimes, Kathy, you're familiar too. Teachers understand this, that, listen, you had an older brother, and he was mean. And you know what? You had a younger brother, and he was mean. And then you're like, you had another, you had a sister, she was really mean. And you're like this, yeah, they all got a mean streak. Then you can have those that you say, they were the most pleasant child. You're looking forward to the next one coming up. You're like, oh, that's, that's Joe. By the way, if that's you, Joe, you can thank God. Anyway, Joe, that's Joe's little brother. He come up, sweet as, just sweet as apple butter. Then the next one comes up, sister comes up. She's mean. No, I'm just kidding. She's good too. She's good too. So you see, stay with me a minute. There's something there. And what I want to propose to you is this. How is it that you have no faith? Faith is built. Now, God gives every one of us a measure of faith. But when faith becomes a spiritual leaven, leaven is generally talked about as sin in a negative way. But when faith begins to grow and branch out in a positive way in your life, can I tell you, your faith will not only house you, it will begin to help house others. Picture, please. Wow. What's that got to do with this message? A lot. (laughs) Does anybody know that bull? I do. That bull was born somewhere around 1990. He reigned and ruled in the PBR in the mid-90s to almost towards the late 90s. That bull's name was Bodacious. Does that ring a bell with anybody? Some of y'all like, I don't even know what the PBR is. You're thinking it's... I like the PBR. Stay with me a minute. I'm going somewhere, please. This bull right here wasn't just any bull. He was the meanest. He was the baddest. He hadn't been rode but a small handful of times. I don't think even five. Tough Hedeman rode him. I think he'd like to kill Tough. Y'all are like, I don't know no Tough Anyway, just listen. This bull was known to be mean. What do you think happened to his offspring? How is it you have no faith? I don't know about so-and-so. She's sire all the time. Well, that explains her child. They sire all the time. Do you know they had a baby? What the? They sire too. Next picture, please. I'll show you. (laughs) Stay with me. Y'all like, that ain't my baby. I'm not really trying to be funny. What I'm trying to tell you is how is it that you have no faith? This is what I'm talking about. Is that we wonder why, and I say this a lot, guys, but this is so, turn to somebody and say, what's bred into you? When we wonder what's gotten into you, much of it is this way. That's the reason we need to be born again. Can I give you the word? Thank you, I will. Romans 12, 3. For I say through grace, say grace. Given unto me, say me. And the word said to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. 
Paul, out of anybody, could have thought more highly of himself than he ought to think. He was, listen, he was of the right stock. He was from, if you will, the Jewish bodacious, whatever. He was from that. He came through that line. He had a reason to proclaim. He was the man. What, you want somebody to go after Christians? I'm ready. You mean kill them? I'll kill them. Until God, say until God, say until God, changed his life. Wow. Wow. You see, this is the thing, his conversion. Now, what he could have done, he said, I didn't think of that more highly, but he thought of it as soberly. Soberly in such a way. What through? Through grace, the measure of faith. The Word of God says to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. The measure of faith. So does it take more faith? Can I tell you, think about Paul's life. He had a supernatural experience. He said, Brother Wayne, I don't even know where Damascus is. I can barely get to Clarkson. And the thing you're thinking that, why don't this happen to me? I'm being serious. Why don't this? Why does this? But listen, today God wants to wreck your heart so He can build your life and He can change your life and change every rotten thing you how many of you need for God to do a work in your life I cannot believe I said how many of y'all need for God to do a work in your life here's why how many of you, Arlita, how many of us know another young lady that needs Jesus? How many of us know another young lady that needs hope? How many of us know another young man that needs direction? The drugs have him. How many of us know somebody wallowing in the pig pen? Now I said, how many of us? Paul. Does it take more faith? You say, well, I don't know about these Muslims. I don't know about the Hindus. I don't know about the Confucius. I don't know about these New Agers. I don't know about the nuns. And the nuns meaning not Catholic nuns, but the nuns don't believe in nothing. nothing. How do I reach them? What you've got has got, got to be greater than what they know. You hear me? I've got to have more joy. I've got to have greater goods. Wow. So here's where I'm at. I'm closing. I really am. So my question, how many, how many of y'all like being around joyful people? Only when I don't feel like it. I'm going to tell you what seminary can do. Take no offense to you and or anyone else that's ever attended and or graduated and or anything else has intention. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not against seminary. I am for it. I am for study, and you all know it. Holy Ghost inspired study. I'm for it 100%. But can I tell you something? If all we throw out of seminary is happiness preachers, I want to know where the holiness preachers are at. I want to know where the holiness preachers are at. Jake will tell you, seminary will try to wreck your faith. It'll try to get you to believe. Many will try to get you to believe more in you writing the paper than believing for His presence. So my question is this. 
I believe joy is contagious, don't you? You come in here today like, ah, another day of worship. And then what happened? God showed up. So my question and my concern is this. If it can be bred into you, can it be bred out of you? I want to speak it up in a negative way as I close. Matthew 17, 17, if you could. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. Perverse meaning this, corrupt, misinterpreted, or to distort. So faithless and misinterpreted, distorted, corrupted generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. He was healed. This kind goeth out by prayer and fasting. How long shall I be with you? What you're experiencing right now, how long shall I be with you? That was 2,000 years ago. What is happening now is that Jesus has been taken out of the schools. And that wouldn't have stopped. Then he wants to be taken out of the homes. You take him out of the home. You take him out of the marriage. You take him out of the marriage. You take him out of the kids. You take. How long shall I be with you? Church, I'm asking you. The intention span. I'm gonna, are you going to keep serving? Why does it matter? Judges 2.8. Verse 11, through 11. Joshua, the son of Nun, I'll paraphrase, Joshua, the son of Nun, has died. He's been buried in the border of his inheritance. And also all that generation were gathered under them fathers. All of the Joshua generation had died. And now there's a generation that's left that we've talked about plenty of times. The Word of God says in verse 10, if you can pull it up, Judges 2.10. And the Word said, and there arose, say there arose, another generation. And it says after them. And then it says, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served Balaam. Does my faith matter? Does your faith matter? America, between three and four hundred million people. The waves are crashing into the boat. The wind is blowing in your face. Everything is going on. And you're saying, we're going down. We're going down. Can somebody please wake Jesus up? What do you In here. In here. Do you care if another one dies? Do you care if another marriage fails? Do you care if another child is sold? It's too much for me, Pastor. It's not too much for him. It's not too much for him. So my point, if it can be bred in, it can be bred out. So let's keep on going. Let's start back in the 30s. I will not take you through it all, Josh, but let's start back in the 30s. Let's start putting in our professors in class even before that. Let's put them in there and let's start talking about a nation without God. Let's start. Let's go ahead and let's, let's go ahead and push intellect and let's go ahead and tell them they have everything right to where now the main colleges like Harvard, like William and Mary, like the different ones that were once institutions for Christ and once institutions that were turning out great godly preachers and theologians and those. And now today, listen, they're not think tanks, they're stink tanks. Pastor, you're just talking about problems. Talking about promises. What you are witnessing right now is God being bred out of your child at school. No offense to any teachers that are in this place. 
Can we thank God for the godly teachers that are in this place today? Those watching online, we thank God for you. We believe, amen somebody, we believe in you. I'm going to encourage you to get in trouble. I'm going to encourage you to get in trouble over praying. And I'm going to encourage the church to say they shouldn't have done it. I'm going to encourage the church to stand behind them. children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord so what's happening now is the breeding of Christianity is being bred out of, out of society and out of that and can I tell you something else it's being bred out of the church Stephen by the way I want to tell you I don't know where you got this rag but I don't think it's clean I did that for the Lord you didn't do that for the Lord have your attention for just a moment attention shoppers I don't know what you're shopping for but I'll tell you what we can offer you I can offer you hope I can offer you love not just any kind of love but the kind of love that he showed me I can offer you faith. I can't really give you mine, but I hope to show you mine. If you're looking for grace, you came to the right place. You see, grace doesn't say it gives you a pass. Grace just says, I know what you did. And let's take care of that. I asked a moment ago how many of you wanted to change and how many of you wanted to do for the Lord. Several hands went up. The greatest thing you can do today is do what Liv did last Wednesday. Think you're 10 or 11, I think, Liv. Is that right? You're 10, 11, 12. You're sixth grade, if I got the grade right, baby. I watched Liv come in here with her daddy, and I didn't know Wednesday was her night, but God did. Chad, before you ever walked in here the first time, God already had a plan for her. You say, Pastor, that's awesome, but guess what, Chad? If you didn't come... I'm not going to say it wouldn't have happened, but maybe it would have been postponed. How many of you wish you to come to the Lord sooner? You're not going down. We're going on. Legion's waiting on the other side. And you're going to have to know where your faith is when you deal with Legion. When you confront those demons, you're going to have to know what you're dealing with. 
And what's happening in this storm, the devil tried to get into you. But Jesus has just got him out of you. Pastor, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but pastor, I don't believe in casting out them demons. Despair is a demon. Hopelessness is a demon. And when you've been delivered from that, you can preach that because you've got a testimony. I really am done. Lord, I love you. Hey, listen, church, would you just do this? If the Lord's compelling your heart and you want to come agree with me today that we're going to see this whole county and region change, would you just slip on? Could the intercessors just go ahead and come? Those that have a heart to pray. With those that have a heart to pray for those in the pig pen, those that have a heart to pray for those in addiction, those that have a heart to pray for the marriages, would you come? Would you just come? Would you come? Would you come? All over the house, would you come? Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.